Hey gang, it's Andrew, your host for this week. Before we kick off the show, I wanted to give a spoiler warning. What what warning? For this week's show, I'm pitching Brigsby Bear, which is one of those movies where even giving away some of the basic details about it is kind of a spoiler. There's lots of twists and turns. The movie is one that unfolds and reveals new mysteries throughout. So if you haven't seen Brigsby Bear and you are spoiler-averse, watch the movie first and then come back and listen to this awesome episode because Eric and Marcus do good good work, good jobs. All right, so that's your warning. Enjoy this show, enjoy Brigsby Bear, enjoy your life. Warning, this episode contains adult language and content. They say the pen is mightier, but in whose hands? So we'll pit two stories head to head and find out which one lands. All three sham writers haven't read a lot, so your sham host will find a famous plot. Books and films and TV shows that make a pitch, then off you go to write what you don't know. This is Sham Fiction, the show where two writers cross pens in a duel to write what they don't know. Now, here's your host, Andrew Neal. Yeah, hi friends. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> hi. Welcome to another episode of... Sham, sham fiction podcast, my podcast with my friends, my friends uh, Eric and Marcus. Hi guys, hi. Hey buddy, are, are you doing a bit? You okay? Nope, this is how I am now. I am I am the host of a of a program. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's just the old Andrew. Yep, that's that's me. Same old me. Only now, now I host like this now with my friends. Oh, boy. Oh boy, that sounds like an improvement. This is a show. Um, like I think the the really cool music. It's super dope, dope as shit music. Um, <laughs> I think it uh, explained the the show premise well, so we don't need to waste time reiterating it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hope this relates to whatever you're pitching us today. Uh, yeah, because had a stroke. <laughs> it's totally about a just as dope as shit guy. Uh, <laughs> And we'll ex- I'll explain it to you here in just a second. Um, I think we've welcomed everyone. If you don't feel sufficiently welcomed, welcome. Um, <laughs> I think this is going to be. Looks a, like he's in pain. I think this is going to be a great show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've listened to other shows, and I'm really excited to have my own. <laughs> okay, great. All right. I'm excited for you, buddy. Yeah, I'm gonna totally keep the, this up throughout the whole episode, just <laughs> no. because because All I right. can tell how pleased you are with it. <laughs> Sixteen <laughs> minutes on the clock. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, we're gonna be talking about Brigsby Bear today, Ooh. and I am really excited to do that. Uh, let's let's get some let's get some credits out of the way, out of the way first. Um, I think uh, you'll find that my my character that I was playing um, is is somehow related to what you're about to to learn here about in a second. Um, Brigsby Bear. This is a film. This is a movie that uh, came out in 2017, 
and it was written by Kevin Costello and Kyle Mooney, who you might recognize as a cast member on SNL, Saturday Night Live. Um, And it was directed by Dave McCary. Um, One thing that I've learned about these three gentlemen is that they are childhood friends. They all grew up together, and now they all work on SNL together. Good for them. Yeah. Guys, they're living our dream. Three best friends working, doing the creative stuff together. Does NBC get a package deal with them? Do they just pay one salary and they split it? That would be great, but I don't think so. We would take that. Yeah, Yeah, we would take that, for sure. We totally would, too. Yeah. No, it kind of reminds me of uh, The Lonely Island. You know, Yorma Taconi and Akiva Schaefer and Andy Samberg coming up together, Who's best friends. <laughs> haven't heard of that one. <laughs> and in fact, this movie's produced by The Lonely Island. Ooh, oh, hey. Yeah. So this, the movie stars Mooney in the lead role, uh, along with some excellent actors uh, in supporting roles. Padfoot, Prongs, and uh, <laughs> never mind. Well, <laughs> I get it. It stars, um, uh, along with Mooney, um, Jane Addams, Greg Kinnear, Matt Walsh, Michaela Watkins, and the one, the only, Mark Hamill. Ooh, That's right. Himself? Star of everyone's favorite Star War, The Last Jedi, that is just across the board, universally, universally. acclaimed. Yeah. Yep. Number one Star Wars. I totally did not just... I was totally not just in a room yesterday wherein I was the only person who said that they enjoyed that movie thoroughly. What? I know. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I feel Uh, like we could go a few hours on The Last Jedi. (laughs) All talking about how much we loved it, of course, right? Right, exactly. Man, this episode's coming out halfway through 2018, and we're still talking about it. Remember when he brushed off his shoulder and he's like, what up? (laughs) I do remember that. It was the best thing that had ever happened. It was every part of that movie was the best. It was pretty great. You know Mark Hamill? Do you know Mark Hamill? Yeah, he's, he's in Brigsby Bear, which is what we're talking about right now. So Never made a bad film. Continue. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we should get to this pitch here. What do you say? Let's do let's it. Let's roll it on out. Okay, let's get some time on the clock. Pitch session. Eight minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. Let's jam. All right. So Brigsby Bear takes place in modern times um, in Utah. It is a comedy slash, I would even say a little bit of fantasy film. Ooh. Um, A little bit. This is, it's, 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 it's not big fantasy, but it's, it's, it's a little fantasy. Um, And it follows James, who lives in an underground bunker with his parents named Ted and April Mitchum. And every day his dad ventures out into what he says is a poison air world. Uh, He wears a gas mask, drives away and goes to work. And then he comes back and he has a tape copy of the latest episode of the Brigsby bear adventures, which is (laughs) a very bizarre and somewhat educational children's show. Uh, featuring a man in a bear costume traveling through space and time and teaching lessons, <laughs> which vary from algebraic equations to uh, masturbation uh, 
<laughs> guidelines, like oh. <laughs> like how to how to how to masturbate uh, uh, appropriately. Tell Techniques me, Mark Campbell is Briggs Bear. <laughs> um, so James is obsessed with this show. It is his favorite thing to talk about. His shelves in his room are just lined with the VHS tapes of every episode and memorabilia from the show. His wardrobe is like exclusively Brigsby Bear t-shirts. <laughs> and he just lives this strange and sequestered existence with his parents until one day the cops arrive and they take him away. And whoa, Turn number one, turns out that Ted and April were not his real parents. They abducted (laughs) him as a child. Yes, so he has been living this life. He's in his, like, mid-twenties, and he has been spent this whole time as the supposed child of these these abductors. Wow. So he goes home to his real family, and the movie follows as he struggles to adapt to life outside the bunker. And life is, again, it's modern time. It's how we know it. Um, and he, the, the key thing that distances, distances James from everybody is that he's just, he's shocked, absolutely shocked to hear that no one has heard of Brigsby Bear. <laughs> wow. No one's heard of the show. But that makes sense because turn number two, his abductor dad, Ted, produced the show especially for him. Mm-hmm. So James's real dad, Greg Pope, their last name is Pope, uh, takes James to the movies to show him that, hey, other things exist besides Brigsby. And James loves it. He loves going to the movies, and they give him an idea, and it's, his fi- it's the best idea, and it's that he's going to make his own movie. And it's going to be the final epic chapter of the Brigsby Bear Adventures. (laughs) So let's get to know these characters a little bit more. So James, this is a guy, again, he's probably like 25. He spent his entire life in a bunker in the desert. So now that he's out in the real world, he doesn't understand any of our normal social mores. So he comes off. What's that? He's unbreakable. He's alive, unbreakable. <laughs> yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, and, but and just like Kimmy Schmidt, he comes across as awkward to a lot of people, but he is just a sweetheart. He is uh, completely just, uh, he's an innocent. He, <laughs> he, he's childlike. Four remaining. Oh, halfway through. Um, he, he may be 25, but he's very childlike, very curious, um, kind of scared, but he's always, a, he's definitely a sweetheart. Um... And he kind of, he continues these weird customs that his parents, or his fake parents imbued in him. So, like, one of the things that they always, he always does is at the dinner table, they do this weird prayer, and then he stands up and shakes hands with everybody. And <laughs> these are things that he, there's things like this throughout his life. And um, they, his uh, abductor parents also told him made-up stories about the world, which he still believes and repeats back to others. So he'll often reference animals that don't really exist. <laughs> um, and, uh, all that sort of thing. And as my opening, uh, and, and pointed to, uh, his favorite thing to say is dope as shit because <laughs> he heard it, somebody else say it and he doesn't understand it's a swear word. He just thinks it means awesome, which it does. And so he just says that about anything that's awesome. <laughs> He's like, Hey, that's dope as shit. Um, his parents, his real parents, Greg and Louise Pope, 
Um, these are they're very loving people. Um, they but they're also very concerned about James because he's really struggling to fit in with society because the only way he knows how to contextualize the world is through Brigsby. Brigsby is his world. So every time somebody does something or says something, it's typically like, oh, well, that's a lot like Brigsby episode 342 in which he fought off the snake monsters from Planet X. You know, like he'll reference these episodes and nobody understands what he's talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, then there's Aubrey, who is a, his little sister, his real sister. Um, she's a brooding teenager. Uh, his parents are asking her to help him fit in with the world. So she begrudgingly brings him out to hang out with her friends. And that's how he meets Spencer, who is Aubrey's friend, and immediately open to James's weirdness. Um, he just thinks that James James is the coolest, and he's really Two interested in remaining. him. Thanks, James is dope as shit. He's, yeah, that's I think Spencer's the one that says it, um, and that's what he locks onto. And James is or uh, Spencer is an aspiring filmmaker, so he has his own equipment and editing software, and so he wants to help James make this movie. And then there's Detective Vogel was played by Greg Kinnear, and he was a detective in charge, of, in charge of James's case. And so he cares a lot about James, and he is willing, when he hears that James is going to make the movie, he's willing to lend him the Brigsby costume and props in order to make it, even though they're in evidence, <laughs> uh, just as long as nobody finds out about it and James puts him in the movie because he was an <laughs> aspiring actor when he was younger. Oh, that's good. So here's the thing. This movie could be incredibly dark. It's a movie about a guy who was abducted as a child and is just now brought into the light, into the real world. But it is not. This movie sidesteps darkness at every turn. Every time one might think to insert something dark. Oh man, one more minute. Don't. It's sweet. It's goofy. This is, even though it feels a lot like our world, people, you know, address James or react to James maybe in a little real way because he is weird. Um, they don't look at it, they don't push him aside because of it. They just kind of try to, they're trying to learn to connect with him. They're trying to help him out. Everybody seems to love him immediately and want to help him out. And it's because James himself is so sweet. He, he, he doesn't, he's not a negative guy. When he meets people, he immediately calls them his friend because he has never had (laughs) friends. So he just, he's, he's so eager to to meet people, but he's also very scared that they won't like what he likes. Um, so this film kind of feels like, you know, Be Kind Rewind or any other the work of Michelle Gondry. It's very handmade feel. The stuff that they're making is very whimsical and silly. Um, but the thing... Time's that, up. Oh, I don't know what the thing is. Man, we are at the end of the pitch session. Um, I feel pretty good about that, though. Um... I want to, I, the, the Briggs we bear. There's there's so much more to talk about because it is just a delightful film. Delightful. Um, hey, back to that. Uh, and I'm really excited to get the word out about it because it's it was just it, it charmed the charmed charmed me to to to, do, to no end. Such a char- charming film. Um, but we have reached the Q and A segment in which. Our two writers each individually get two minutes to ask me a few questions about the pitch I just pitched. And <laughs> we're going to start with Monsieur Carlson Ooh. in this episode. Right. So, Marcus, if you would kindly recuse yourself from our studio. Call me Jeff Sessions. 
Oh, oh please, please don't. Please Definitely. don't call me that. <laughs> All right, Jeff, get on out of here. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, it's starting. Let's get that time on the clock. Two-minute Q&A begin. Okay, so James, he's dope as shit. He is. He's trying to make this movie yep. because he loves movies. Um, is his main struggle in this story, like his his conflict, is he just trying to get this movie made yes that's what the movie's about is him trying to get the movie made okay because like you say avoid darkness like i feel like there'd be a lot of internal conflict but if it's avoiding kind of a lot of that darkness i don't know if that's true what do you it it's there's no darkness it's there's like nothing it's so no internal conflict with him no because he's an innocent he doesn't okay he doesn't understand that what happened to him is a bad thing Sure. Okay. Um, so is he just, is, is he trying to raise funding for this movie? Is it, is it like he wants to make a full like professional production or he just wants to make like kind of a homemade thing? So he doesn't know how movies are made and nobody sure. around him knows how movies are made. Uh, Spencer, okay. you know, makes stuff on his own. Yeah. So they're just kind of looking at it from that perspective where okay. they're just trying to make something on their own. Sure. Uh, who, who's uh, Mark Hamill? Oh, he plays Ted, uh, his abductor dad. Oh, abductor dad. Do mm-hmm. uh, do Ted and April make an appearance afterwards? Um, Ted does very briefly, but they're mostly just at the beginning in the bunker. Okay, they're kind of prologue material. Yeah. 30 seconds remaining. Ooh, gotcha. Uh, name something else that is dope as shit. Dope as shit? Um, name something for me that's dope as shit. Just anything in life? anything in this movie that is dope as shit oh man i want to know what excites james what excites james other than everything i mean it's brigsby it's brigsby is his life so everything is something weird from brigsby and brigsby is a very weird show about you know again space and time traveling bear time's up oh was about to ask a final question and i didn't get to it you don't get to so we gotta (sighs) move along we gotta keep this show moving along um, right. Eric, you are my friend. I care for you deeply, but you need to get the fuck out of here. Okay. I love okay. you. Okay. I'm gonna go. Bye. Bye. All right, Marcus, step Hi. into the studio. I'm back. I have all these very nice handmade sets that I painted myself. Here's a VHS I made while I was away. Hey, thank you. That is very kind of you to do to bring me such a gift. But this will not buy you any more time. You only have two minutes to ask questions. Let's get the two minutes on the clock. Two minute Q&A begin. Who's Mark Hamill? Hey, I can't answer that. Why? Because Eric asked it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, who's his father? Or the, the fake father, the abductee. So, like, how is he making these movies all day and kidnapping children? Like, how did his dad do it? The, the fake dad, the, the kidnapper. Like, how like, did he, he do he it? would just leave every day and make one of these? Yeah, that was the back. idea. And, and James didn't know. James did not know that he was doing it. Yeah. So, like, what, what was he? Was he a disgruntled public access worker or something? Um, I don't think we ever find that out. We just know that that was what he was doing all day, was making the show. And we don't see him afterwards. Uh, I can't answer that. Okay. Because Eric uh, also asked that. Was there Were there other abuses in that weird hole? <laughs> Or I mean, the abuse, the, 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 the film doesn't really gauge with any sort of abuse. It's just that James was abducted. Ted and April, his abductor parents, 
were very kind to him. Like he loves them. Um, and he doesn't see it as a bad thing that he was abducted. It's never really shown as a real negative. Um, people, people just try to, they're just trying to move on. Like the people in his life are just trying to adapt him to society, not really engage with that past. Just let's go on. Let's let's move on. This is in Utah. Is the Mormon church a part of this? No, not that I recall. Okay. Uh, so who makes you laugh the hardest in this movie? James. 30 seconds 100%. remaining. Yeah. Mooney is great in it. He's, he's hilarious. Excellent. Uh, does he end up having any friends his own age? No. It's just the teenagers are the, the main friends that he has. What are the movies that he really likes? They're made up. They're, they make movies up. Oh, okay. So one of them, and it's like a weird like action movie spoof. Well, it's not supposed to be a spoof, but it is. Yeah. With uh, like uh, who is it? Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric is in it. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, it's just times funny. up. Oh, well, right. Exciting. It's the end of the of the Q and A, Marcus. I hope you enjoy writing Brigsby. It's a fun movie. I'm, and I'm excited fun. for some fun, some fun stories. All right, I'm leaving the bunker. We'll see you on the other side. All right, thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Eric, for that lovely, for being lovely listeners to my pitch, lovely question and askers. Folks, it's time to go to a break. When we come back, we're gonna have some Brigsby Bear adventures. I hope to share with you. It's gonna be dope as shit. We'll see you in a bit. Hey folks, Andrew here with a brief message before we begin the storytelling portion of our show. If you like this program, there's a few things you can do. First, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe! I say it three times because it's the best. It makes it convenient for you. You get the show in the podcatcher of your choice right away. Um, if you're in Apple Podcasts, we highly suggest that you leave us a rating and review that helps others find us, and it's a way that we can hear what you think about the show, which we really like. And I'm also going to tell you to go to shamfiction.com. Eric recently spruced it up. It's looking dope as shit. And that's where you can uh, see all the social medias that we're on and all the places where you can listen. If you are listening somewhere else and you want to listen elsewhere, you know, you can just go there and find out. Um, lastcoffee.com. That's where you can kick us a few bucks if you want to support the show with a little cash flow. Yeah, that's what that means. Uh, let's get back to the show. I love you all. Hi, friends. Welcome back. <laughs> this is my show. He's doing it again. And we just had a dope as shit break. He never stopped. Where, where I broke it down for you. Mmm. It was sweet. It was. Anyway, transition. Okay, now we have two writers who have brought back stories that are based on the pitch that I gave before the break. Let's bring them back. Okay, first off, welcome Eric back to the show. How was writing? It was it was great. Loved every minute of it. It was fantastic. I like your enthusiasm. Marcus, how about you? It was dope as shit, bro. It was... <gasps> It was just a good time, friend. Oh, man. Friend, I'm vibing you. Vibing you good. All right. <laughs> Guys, we're off to a good start for the second half of the show. Uh-huh. And I'm so pumped <laughs> for some stories that I think we should 
I think we should just get right into it, don't you think, friends? Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, Eric, mm-hmm. you go first, please. Oh, yeah. This is going to be something. <laughs> uh, just just want to clear up, you, you yeah. wrote... You wrote Brigsby. Yeah, Bear, yeah, right? Brigsby Bear. I did. Okay. Um, that's, okay. That is what I wrote. We're good. Okay, just wanted to uh, double check. Though I, I'm just going to give you a word of warning. I, I don't know what this is, and you should be prepared for <laughs> just being disappointed. I don't know. Eric? Yep. Sorry, I just got to interrupt quick. We're friends, and I love you. Oh, I love you too. Whatever you do, I love it. <laughs> go in with that. Okay, that actually helps. All right, here we go. This is uh, this is a thing. <clears throat> the Brigsby Bear Adventures, the movie, draft one, <laughs> by James Mitchum Pope. <laughs> Note: Hello, friends. I spent all afternoon writing this dope as shit script. I hope you like it. <laughs> James. Note. You wrote a whole script in an afternoon? I like it already. Spencer. Note. Spencer likes it, so I hate it already. Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> Scene one. Interior. Bunker. Brigsby Bear is sleeping. His alarm goes off and he wakes up and sits up and turns off the alarm. It's six in the morning, which is very early. It's dark in the bunker, but he knows it's six in the morning because it says so on the alarm clock. Brigsby stands up and goes to the compost toilet and poops and then brushes his teeth, which is very important to do every day. Then Brigsby looks up at the hatch on the ceiling of the very dark bunker. Brigsby. Where am I? Why am I in this place? Shouldn't I be on an adventure across space and time with my best friend James? He's very confused. So he climbs the ladder and opens the hatch and goes outside. Note. Do we have to see the bear poop? Cut that part out, Aubrey. <laughs> Note. Will Vogel let us shoot in your old place, James? Spencer. Scene two. Exterior. St a street. The hatch is in the middle of the street. Brigsby Bear opens the hatch, but now the camera is outside, so we see him open the hatch from the street. The sun is very bright, and Brigsby has to put on sunglasses. When he can see better, he notices Detective Vogel standing there with his real gun aimed at his soft brown face. <laughs> Vogel. Halt right there, Brigsby. You're under arrest for law-breaking. Brigsby. <laughs> Hello, officer. Have you seen my best friend James? Vogel. There is no James. It's a made-up fake person. Brigsby. <laughs> oh, no. Detective Vogel puts handcuffs on Brigsby Bear and opens the police car door and Brigsby gets in. Note. I don't get it, James. Are you, like, in this movie? What's the deal? Aubrey. Note. I'm completely sold. Will Vogel let us use his squad car? That's fucking rad. Spencer. <laughs> Scene three. Interior? Exterior? Both, I guess. Police car. Vogel is driving his police car, and Brigsby Bear is in the back of the police car. They are driving in the very big city, and there are so many people all around. It's more people than Brigsby Bear has ever seen or even knew existed. Vogel. You're so bad, Brigsby Bear. I'm putting you in jail. Brigsby, I don't want to be in jail, and I'm not bad at all. I'm a magical bear, the best bear in the entire world. Vogel, no, if you are so great, then why do you think you have a friend named James? Explain that, motherfucker. Brigsby, <laughs> I'll show you. Check it out. 
The police car starts to fly through the air past all the people and all the really tall buildings and everyone is pointing and being impressed. Vogel. <laughs> We're flying now? This is dope as shit. You really are a magical bear. Maybe I was wrong about you. Brigsby. <laughs> yes. Now we have to find my best pal James. Vogel. But isn't he a not real person? Brigsby. Maybe you were wrong about that too. Vogel. Holy shit, you're right. Let's find him. The dopest shit flying car flies to the movie theater where the movie, The Brigsby Bear Adventures, the movie, is playing. It says that on the thing out in front of the movie theater that says the names of the movies that are playing. Brigsby. James is my biggest fan, so he's probably watching this movie. Vogel. Makes sense. They get out of the car and go into the movie theater. Note. Okay. How are we supposed to make the car fly? And why the hell is Brigsby Bear the movie playing at the theater if this is Brigsby Bear the movie? Answers, James. I need answers. And soon. Aubrey. Note. It's meta, Aubrey. Meta. That's filmmaker talk for you're not dope enough to understand it. And flying cars are easy as hell. Fishing line and some Hot Wheels. Done. James, <laughs> if I could give you an Oscar right now, I would. Spencer. Scene four. Interior. Movie theater. Brigsby Bear and Detective Vogel are in the movie theater seats. They have big things of buttery popcorn and there are so many other people at the Brigsby Bear movie, but none of them are James. Vogel. Your friend James isn't here. I know because of my good eyesight. Brigsby. <laughs> Why isn't he here? Doesn't he want to see my movie? What if he isn't my great friend anymore? Vogel. The movie's starting. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the lights in the theater all go out at once and the title of the movie is on the screen. It says, The Brigsby Bear Adventures, The Movie. Everybody in the movie theater cheers. They can tell it's going to be a good movie. Brigsby Bear is on the screen. He's riding on a rocket ship through space, which is dope as shit. <laughs> Brigsby. Where's my best friend in the universe, James? I'm a bear and my species typically has poor eyesight, which is why I can't see him. I wish I had some help from a new friend with better eyesight. In the theater, <laughs> Detective Vogel turns to talk to Brigsby. My eyesight is very good. I would help Brigsby bear if I could. But then Vogel realizes that Brigsby isn't in the theater seat next to him anymore. Brigsby, on the movie screen. You can help me. Vogel turns back to the movie screen, and Brigsby Bear is there on his rocket ship, but he's talking to him out in the audience. Vogel. But you're in the movie now? Brigsby. So are you. And all of a fucking sudden, Detective Vogel is riding on the back of the rocket ship with Brigsby. Vogel. Damn, you really are the dopest bear in the world. Brigsby. Hell yes, I am. Are you ready to help me find my friend James? Vogel. I see him. He's there in that black hole. Brigsby. Good work, new friend. The rocket ship flies into the black hole. Note. Holy shit, they go into the movie? That's hella tight. Spencer. <laughs> Note. Yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. Aubrey. Scene 5. Interior. Bunker. The rocket ship flies into the open hatch of the bunker, but the rocket ship is, like, super small. Like a pygmy womp rat. James <laughs> is inside the bunker, reading his favorite Brigsby Bear comic book, Brigsby Does Dallas. But then he sees the little rocket ship and puts the book down. James. Brigsby? Did you finally find me? The tiny rocket ship becomes a regular-sized rocket ship, and Brigsby Bear and Detective Vogel get off and cheer. 
they finally found Brigsby's best pal in the whole universe, James. Brigsby. It took a thousand years, but here I am, best friend, James. <laughs> they shake hands. Brigsby. This is my other best friend, Detective Vogel. He helped me find you. They shake hands. Vogel. I didn't know I was your other best friend. Detective Vogel starts to cry, but he's not sad. He's never had a friend before, and he's happy. The crying is like the happy kind of crying. Brigsby. You helped me find James, even though he was just here inside this bunker the whole time. James. Brigsby, don't you understand? You've been here with me this whole time too, but in my head. Brigsby. Does that explain why I woke up here earlier today at the start of the movie? James. <laughs> it does. Brigsby. Suddenly everything makes sense. I have a secret, greatest friend of mine, James. James. What is it? Brigsby, you've been with me this whole time, too, on all my adventures through time and space. James, how is that possible? Brigsby, I'll show you. Check it out. And then Brigsby Bear, the greatest bear in the universe and best friend to James and Detective Vogel, reaches his furry brown hands up to his furry brown face and pulls his own furry brown head clean off. Under the bear head is the head of James who has been wearing a Brigsby bear costume the whole time. <laughs> Brigsby slash James. You see, you've been with me because you are me. Regular James. That's so meta. Brigsby <laughs> slash James. Yes, it is. Vogel. Holy shit. Brigsby slash James puts the Brigsby head back on and hops back on his spaceship. Brigsby. Come along, friends. I hear the Brigsby Bear Adventures the movie is playing at the movie theater. <laughs> James and Vogel, together. That's my favorite movie! Vogel and James look at each other and laugh and laugh. They said the same thing at the same time. James. We're friends now. They get on the rocket ship with Brigsby and blast off through the hatch and into space. The mystery of where Brigsby's friend James went was solved and now they're all best friends. The Brigsby Bear theme song plays, and the credits roll. Note. Yeah. Yeah, those were answers, I guess. Good job, James. It doesn't make any goddamn sense, but I like it. Kinda like you. Don't change a thing. Aww. Aubrey. Note. Dope. As. Shit. We're making this. Spencer. The end. Whoa. That was a story and I know from previous shows as the host I must be impartial right now so friend Eric no judgment no emotion right now you see nothing mm -hmm. your face right. is a mask mask yes it's a bear mask All right. so we must now turn to the second story of our two stories Marcus, are you prepared? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Before you begin, please know you are my friend. I love you. I love anything you will do. Thank you. I love you too. <gasps> and I like most of the stuff you do. Impartial. <laughs> impartial. Must remain uh... impartial. Okay, please proceed. All right, here we go. Brigsby Bear by Marcus Mann. 
It was strange enough seeing Brigsby Bear with his head off, but seeing the man inside nervously pacing on the roof was even stranger. Brigsby in the show was always so confident. Even though he hadn't had friends for long, James knew if they were feeling down, it was his job to cheer them up, like Brigsby himself had done with every tape back in James's old bunker. Hey, Detective Vogel, he said. Why don't you come sit in my director's chair for a minute? There's something I want to talk to you about. Vogel nodded his sweaty face and walked over to the folding black fabric chair that Spencer had brought for James. It said director on it in white letters and everything. It was dope as shit. (laughs) James leaned over the edge of the roof and shouted down to his sister, Aubrey. Sisters were like friends, but even cooler because they got to live with you and be in your life forever. (laughs) Hey, Aubrey, we'll just be a minute. I've got to give Detective Vogel a little direction. Aubrey was sitting on the ground in the dope spacesuit Spencer had made for her and tapping on her phone. She waved at James with one hand. Love you too, sis. Hey, Jay. Spencer caught up to him. We gotta get that shot soon before we run out of light. This is gonna be like the coolest thing in the whole movie. I know. I think Vogel's just a little nervous about jumping off the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Spencer held up his forefingers and thumbs in a little rectangle shape and closed one eye. He was so cool. (laughs) Do you know how dope this shit's gonna be? It'll be just like that scene in the Atlantis explosion where Lucas Lee dives straight into the temple at the bottom of the ocean and sets off that grenade that starts all the water on fire and burns off the mermaid's tops while his robot buddy fights off sea monsters. God, (laughs) Michael Bay is like the best director. (laughs) I'll talk to him. Just get the the camera set up, okay, buddy? You got it, J-Dog. While Spencer started setting up his equipment, James joined Vogel at the center of the roof. How are you feeling, pal? I'm good, James. I'm good. <laughs> That's great. Ah, oh, friend, I'm so happy to hear that. I thought you were nervous because all of the sweating and pacing and where you threw up over there earlier. <laughs> if you're good, why don't you just go ahead and jump off the roof and we can call it a day. Spencer said we're losing light. I'm, uh, I'm going to level with you, James. Remember when I said I was good? Like a second ago? Yes, uh, remember that? Yeah. I was lying, James. I- I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not good. I'm the opposite of good. I'm bad, very bad. I hate heights. That's why I want to get into acting. There's been talk about my department getting a helicopter soon, like one that flies in the sky, a sky helicopter. I can't do that. <laughs> I'd rather do something easy, like being in movies. You don't even have to go to school for that. Well, I'm disappointed you lied to me, Detective, but I'm glad you decided to tell me the truth, which I guess you couldn't have done if you hadn't lied to me first, so I'm glad you lied to me too, I suppose. And you really don't have to worry about this scene. You know, most of it's fake anyway. Yeah, Brigsby Bear in the movie has his jet pack and no strings attached, but you'll have your harness, and there aren't actually plague monsters from Nebulon 6 attacking my sister. Spencer's going to add all those in on his computer later and make it look dope as shit. Like a Michael Bay movie, he says. (laughs) Plague monsters don't even exist. They're not like shame swallows. Uh, (laughs) Shame swallows? Vogel asked. Yeah, you know, the little birds that fly into your room at night and peck at your eyes if you ever think about going outside the bunker? (laughs) Vogel stood up and put a hand on James' shoulder. This movie's really important to you, isn't it, son? Of course it is. Brigsby Bear taught me everything I needed to know when I was growing up. But he never taught me about what it was like to have friends. 
That's why I have to make this movie. I want to share Brigsby Bear with all my friends, and I want to share my friends with Brigsby Bear. So, do you think you can do it? I'll try, James. I'm just scared. Scared? That's it! You haven't seen episode 242 yet, have you? No, the lawyers are still reviewing those tapes for evidence. Oh, I'm sure they'll love it. It's a great one. <laughs> one of the few episodes where Brigsby Bear is on Earth and not traveling through space. It's all about facing your fears and being brave. Do you think we have time to get a copy from the lawyers and watch it real quick? Not before the sun goes down, James, Vogel said. Oh, balls, James said. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I can just sing you the song. That's the best part anyway. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, James, I really do. Vogel smiled, and James noticed he wasn't sweating as much. All right. I mean, it's not going to be as good without the banjo, but you'll get the idea. Here we go. When you're feeling scared or you're unprepared, might I recommend be brave? There's nothing to fear, just let out a cheer and shout to the world, I'm brave! But I won't go outside, cause it's safer to hide, dying in the wasteland's not brave. I'll just trust in my dad, I won't make him feel bad, and that's how I'll be brave. Brave! <laughs> James was a little out of breath when he finished, but he beamed up at the detective. So, what do you say? Vogel smiled back. He tousled James' hair and picked up the head of the Brigsby costume. I say, it's time to jump off this building. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Yay! Yes. I mean, no laughter. <laughs> no laughter. I wasn't laughing. That was some other guy. <laughs> was it wow. Gravel Man? Maybe. <laughs> I haven't seen that guy in a while. <sighs> yeah, it'd be great to see him back. He's a good guy, that Gravel Man. <laughs> my goodness. You two are my friends. <laughs> you just wrote stories. Re read stories. You wrote them, then you read them. I listened to them. And as I expected... Now I can lift the veil of impartiality and say, wow, I love these stories. <laughs> Before I give my judgment, let's get into hearing about your process. Da -da -da. Next segment. Um, Eric, because you went first reading your story and have had time to catch a breath, please, what was the most challenging aspect? Ooh, most challenging aspect of writing the Brigsby Bear Adventures, the movie. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, uh, I, as soon as I decided I was just going to write James's crappy script, um, it was easy. I, I just flew through it. I had no real challenges. It was just coming up with the, with the concept, but writing stuff that is bad on purpose is a lot of fun i will say <laughs> i recommend it to everybody <laughs> what um, if we just say it's on purpose does that count <laughs> it's a good cover but not as much fun to write i'm sure but uh anyway i got nothing that's great glad to hear that it was easy <laughs> all right marcus how about you yeah uh well <laughs> i was struggling not to keep or not to make it dark because that's always mm -hmm. where my inclination goes, especially with the story like this. Mm. Uh, but I really tried to take your advice and keep it just fun. So 
then it was settling on how to include the characters. And I would have liked to do more with Aubrey, uh, but I figured that her sitting out was very in character. And uh, mm. just had, had a little fun once I came up with that scene. I knew it had to be them shooting a scene. And sure. I wanted to do a song from the Brigsby Bear Adventures. Uh, so that was that was great. That was it. Yeah, like Eric, I think it flowed pretty easily. You did a good pitch on this one. Oh, definitely. Thanks, friends. <laughs> I feel good about it. I feel good about these stories. Thank you for sharing your process with us. And now we must move on to next segment: judgment. <laughs> judgment. that is our judgment theme song each and every week okay (laughs) let's start with who won well as people probably know because they win every week it's the creator what a joke all right uh so the creators of this excellent property were the writers kevin costello and kyle mooney and it was directed by Dave McCary. Good job, guys. You're awesome. All right. <laughs> now we got to get to the least loser of the week. This is the writer who, although not, didn't quite improve upon the <laughs> existing material, did a good job. So we're going to give that... Designation to. It's a good drum roll. Uh, oh, it's still going. Uh, Eric. Whoa. Least what? loser for the week. Oh my! I don't know what to say. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, and oh my goodness, I am transforming oh no, into... Oh she's changing shape. Regular Andrew. Oh, wow. wow, man, that was a... Man, two just really great stories, but yes, Eric, I'm we're giving you the, the least loser this week, so congratulations. Oh, thank you, I'm patting myself, well fought, patting myself on the back. Uh. Um... No, these were two so drastically different uh, <laughs> stories, but it points to the idiosyncrasy of the property that they were both dead on um, <laughs> with it as well. Um, because the rhythm of the film that you wrote, Eric, was definitely in the sort of style that we see of the actual Brigsby movie that james makes but also with the the style of the show that he watches um because it has that it's 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 professionally produced Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of you know but it still has that kind of like cable access sort of feel to it so it's slow and kind of weird and you really captured that well um the 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 cadence of of that of the script and the the sorts of gags were were really, really accurate, and also, just taken on their own merit, really fun, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Marcus, you're taking an actual scene within the world, you know, not within this 
movie that they're making, just them making it, which is perfect. And I'm so glad one of you did do that because you're absolutely right. Your instincts were right. That's where the joy of this film comes in. It's just the joy of these people making stuff. And you see, you know, these fun sets, fun costumes, and, you know, everything has this kind of handmade quality. Those scenes and the camaraderie of them making the movie is just the joy of it. And that's where it all kind of comes together is watching these characters come together to make this silly thing. Um, and you captured that, especially just the, the way that Vogel and James interacted um, was really endearing. Um, and I, I just like that it was in this case, James kind of bringing something out in detective Vogel Um Rather than, you know, somebody, rather than somebody like trying to take James through something. Because that's kind of how the movie works. There's that push and pull between each of them teaching each other something. And that was really clear in your piece. Really well done. Um, So yeah, no, these were two really excellent pieces. Very close to the material itself in the way that you depicted characters and the way you depicted the material. So good on, and again, just also just great in their own right just really good stories so thank you good work guys yeah um marcus you did what i was afraid to do like i i my first instincts when tackling this project were to do a scene of them making the movie but i couldn't figure out how james could exist Mm. period like i just didn't know how he could function and so I just I just avoided that completely, um, but you made it really you made it work. You made it believable. You made me understand why people would be drawn to James and why people would just like him. Uh, nice, which is really really uh, mm-hmm. which is really great. You, you like solved the riddle that I I didn't know what to do with. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge in this too. I think just trying to get how does this character exist. <laughs> uh, I, I loved your notes. I mean, the, the structure that you went for was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of uh, J.K. Rowling's charity book of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, mm-hmm. where it was like Harry's copy that Harry, Ron, and Hermione have all scribbled notes in. Oh, nice. And that was a lot of fun because you get the character very clearly in the notes. Um, I thought you did that quite well. And I loved the, the sisters bit at the end. That was so cute. Just, just had oh, me. that was great. Just had my heart. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Did um, you guys I... like my uh, Michael me Michael Bay Lucas Lee starring <laughs> yes. the Atlantis explosion? Yes, <laughs> I want to see that movie. Can you write the script for that, please? Sure thing. Yay! Yes, please. No, that was fantastic. And that's just the sort of thing that you see. I think I described it. I don't know it if I described it in the pitch. I, I asked it was, what movies okay. does he like. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that was a bit of extra info that Marcus got, Eric. And Mm -hmm. I mentioned how the movies he goes to see in Brigsby Bear are just fake movies. They're not real. Like, he doesn't fall in love with real movies. He falls in love with, you know, movies that are made up in that world. So it's just like a bizarre action film starring Tim Heidecker (laughs) in the the film, (laughs) which is a lot of fun. So, Marcus, you really just by describing it in that way, captured the sort of feel that you would get. Nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so that was a challenge I had, was at first I just wanted Spencer to be a pretentious film guy, 
Because mm-hmm. I, I could see a lot of comedy in him talking about a movie and just being like, well, you know, the auteur here is really shaping this. And then have uh, James be like, cool, that's dope as shit. But then I realized that Spencer was the guy who taught him that language. So he had to yeah. be into just trashy flicks. Yeah, no, you uh, definitely um, followed the right instinct there. Like, both of you guys, in terms of the, the, the those, you know, those bits of character... Uh, with Spencer, and then also in the liner notes with, or within the in the notes with uh, Aubrey and Spencer, very much captured those characters accurately, with Spencer's enthusiasm and Aubrey's, you know, acting like she's not interested, but she actually, you know, is digging it, or she at least learns mm-hmm. to to kind of open herself up to it. Um, so that's those were both really great elements, um, but yeah. I want to uh, talk a bit about, well, one, Eric, did you write this in a screenplay format or did you just kind of wing it? How, how, how did the writing process for yours specifically go, like just technically? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I wasn't using any like real script writing software or anything like that, but I was doing like the center justified, you know, bold name over the line of dialogue sort of thing. So it okay. was basically formatted like a screenplay um, without maybe all the polish that, you know, you, you wouldn't expect polish from James, who's never written a screenplay before. So no. the basic pieces are there. Um, though I realized the after I'd written it that I'd kind of gotten myself in a bind because I had to perform it. <laughs> <laughs> and having like doing a one man thing where I'm reading the lines for all the characters. It's like, do I say the name of the person whose line comes next? Do I just do different voices? It was really weird. And I felt when I was reading through that I was getting lost, like, hold on, which, which character is talking right now? (laughs) How did that come across for you two? It was good. Yeah, I thought you made the right call in saying their names ahead of time because it's different. You know, we don't get the Vogel said, James said stuff yeah. that you would get in prose. So saying the names of the characters helps knowing who is speaking. I will say there was a bit of confusion. I mean, it's just a confusing action. Yeah. And I did get a little lost when there's the transition in the theater about, you know, who's going on screen and yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, that got a little messy. Yep. But again, I it, it didn't really you know, affect my enjoyment of it all that much. Um, But there was a little loss in clarity there. Um, But um, the language that you used to, that you, you know, stayed so firmly in James's voice. You know, that's the fun of what you did is that you are writing a document where you are playing James as the writer. Mm -hmm. You know, you are performing that as you're writing it and you succeeded in that you used the way he spoke within the actual descriptions so first thing that pops into my mind is the way you describe the marquee he doesn't know that it's called a marquee mm-hmm. right. it's the thing on the movie theater that has the title of the movie on it mm-hmm. and you describing it that way it's it's th- there's even kind of a jo- very similar joke to that in the film so like it was dead on that sort of descriptions like if he doesn't know how to say the word you have to find some way to write around that yeah and you did it <laughs> oh that's great thank you yeah i really enjoyed that that's fun. So with Marcus, um, 
one thing. Uh, so in terms of accuracy of the film, um, James is the one that performs as Brigsby um, all the time. He's always in front of the camera and Spencer's behind it, even though James is directing it. Um, mm. But I really like the way that you used it because it is a pretty similar thing that does happen in the movie where he has to direct Vogel in a scene and kind of, you know, help him out. Um, because yeah, he's a, he's a cop. He wanted to be an actor. He was an actor when he was a kid, but he hasn't done it in years. So he's not comfortable. So it felt very right. Um, but can you talk to some of the way that you approached that scene between the two of them? Like, where did that necessarily come from? Was that in your kind of figuring out how best to present James that felt like a comfortable place to do it? Sure. Well, I think with Vogel, I was interested in the cop who wants to be an actor. I like mm-hmm. the oversimplification that's very common in American society that acting is not a real job or it's a very easy job. And mm-hmm. then, as we know from our experience making films, sometimes just pointing a camera at someone, they will completely 100% freeze up. Yeah. Um, so I wanted that. I, I liked the notion that he's the only adult there. And so there's some responsibility that he has. And you see in this that that goes from him being uh, sort of introverted into his own problem into being the responsible adult later on, right? He has that moment of recognizing, oh, yeah, this kid's been through some stuff and he's still an innocent, so I'm going to go and support him. Mm -hmm. And that was an important part of that story for me. So that was, it was just fun. I wanted to include that back and forth and i also really like the idea that uh james not knowing how anything in the world works would put up a really dangerous scene (laughs) that they probably don't have all the right equipment to do exactly yeah that's really good you both played with that a little bit like in terms of like how are we gonna do this cop car thing that's really good to kind of play with like what is possible and again that's something that they do in the movie where they they push it too far at one point um so that's again you guys kind of you that you latched on in a good way there so question for you i asked this during our q a and didn't get an answer (laughs) who the heck does mark hamill play in this movie Ooh, ooh, i know (laughs) i know i know who is it eric who Uh, does he play he plays ted he does play ted he plays uh james uh abductee dad oh ted Mm -hmm. of ted and april fame yes the man in the suit oh Mm -hmm. yeah so he's the og briggs he is, yep. He is the one who has been producing and acting in Brigsby Bear for all that of James' life. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. No, you you both, um, you got James. Um, you might have, you know, with Marcus, you know, got him, you know, he's a little bit more childish in the way that, maybe it was just the way that you portrayed him, but, like, I think given the pitch that I gave, you really grasped the right things. Um, Because it's a hard thing. It's a really hard balance. And Mooney, who plays uh, Kyle Mooney, who wrote wrote the film and also plays James in it, um, he strikes a very strange balance between acting like a child and acting like an adult. Um, And it, you know, it's just a bizarre thing that's so singular that, you know, the fact that you guys even got close to it, which you did, is impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm really, I've been, I'm really pleased with how both of you did because I wasn't sure if the pitch was 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 good or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited uh, to see this movie. I've been wanting to see it for ages, 
and th- your pitch was the most I ever heard about it. It was just the recommendation of a lot of people and that Luke Skywalker was in it. So I was, <laughs> yeah. I was on board. Yeah. No, it um, is the sort of film that like in when it was coming out, everybody was just like, don't hear, don't know anything. Don't go in knowing nothing about it. Just go in and watch it. Because and so pitching it, I was trying to find a balance of like what information do you have to know without spoiling it. But I don't know the the, the story the, the the points that you kind of have to know in order to understand what the movie is are kind of inherently spoilers. Um, so apologies, we'll make sure that there's a spoiler warning going into this episode because um, you all know way more going <laughs> into this movie than you probably should if you haven't seen it. Um, any other thoughts about your guys' stories before we kind of close things out, wrap things up? I just had a lot of fun with this one. And Eric, you did a good story. I got quite a few chuckles out of your screen directions. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to work on, a lot of fun to write, a lot of fun to listen to. Marcus, you wrote a great story. Oh, thank you. Yes, great stories, great film. And if you want to see it, I'm sure it's available for rent and owning now I, I i guess i rented it so i know it's available for rent so just go out and watch it wherever it's available you can find it you guys you guys Wherever are smart you figure it out yeah. you guys are dope as shit <laughs> um oh that was the other thing i really want to point this out because i loved it too is the way you both used uh swearing you just nailed it like um eric i especially want to call out because uh you used a lot of it for Vogel like it became like kind of like what in James like he always put gave him the swears mm-hmm. you know and he swore like in every almost every line and it kind of reminded me back to like when you're like writing your first scripts like in college and like your like your scripts have way too many swear words swears in them because cool. you're trying to be cool yeah yeah and I just thought that that nailed it so <laughs> I, I love that detail Glad you liked it so All right. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure I said that. So (laughs) thank you both for your excellent stories. Hope you guys enjoyed Brigsby Bear. Hope you and the audience enjoyed if you're seeking it out now. It's a great film. And we will see you next time. Bye, friends. Sham Fiction. Bye. This dope as shit podcast, Sham Fiction. Yep. Bye. Sham Fiction is a Two Jackets production hosted by Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Original music by Reed Reimer. Head to shamfiction.com for the episode archive. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Hello, Sham listeners. Shall we play a game? On our next episode, Andrew and Eric climb the mountain that is the hit video game, Celeste. Created by Matt Makes Games. Join them, and your host, Marcus, as Sham Fiction begins its indie game series. I may be biased, but I think computers are the future. This has been a Two Jackets production.